hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown. It's season four, episode number three. After a bit of a Christmas break, we are back in full swing. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, alongside producer Scott Hamilton. And here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Tom Aspinall joins us to talk about the MMA boxing crossover world and all things Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. WBA World Light Heavyweight Champion Dimitri Bivol reflects on better BF Smith and previews a potential undisputed bout. Jordan Thompson reflects on his recent defeat to Jaya Pattaya and shares some insight of life behind the scenes with Tyson Fury and Alexander Rusik. Rhiannon Dixon reveals all about coach Anthony Crawler on our coach strip quiz and gives an update on Caroline Dubois. What a show, what a lineup. Don't go anywhere. Well, this week on the best thing to happen in boxing, we're going to discuss with Dimitri Bivol. To be fair, I cannot believe that we've managed to get WBA World Light Heavyweight Champion Dimitri Bivol on the podcast. Bit of an exclusive interview. I think it's his first interview since Callum Smith, Artibeta Biev. So really looking forward to hear what he has to say. Given the slight language barrier, although Dimitri's English has improved massively over the last couple of years, we're going to just keep it a steady flow of our own questioning rather than the usual fan shouts, just to keep it as straightforward as we possibly can. Well, we Dimitri think Bivol, we know it's what so you good guys would ask. to see you and, and have a chance to catch up with you as well. Thank you so much for your time. How did the WBA and the new IBO World Light Heavyweight Champion celebrate his Christmas and his New Year with his family? I didn't uh, celebrate, to be honest, too much uh, that I wanted. IBO title, but uh, I'm just glad that I have one more belt. Uh, and uh, how I spent my vacation. Uh, I was with my family, with my kids, with my parents, sisters, and uh, we were in Dubai. We spent a very good uh, time together. And whereabouts are you right now? Where are you doing this interview from? I'm in London now. Oh, okay. Just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm close okay. to you. You're in London too, yeah? We're not far. Let's uh, let's just take a little look back, Dimitri, to December 23rd. I know you said there you didn't celebrate too much about adding the IBO belt to your collection, but overall, were you happy with your performance against Lyndon Arthur? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy that uh, everything was under my control. I felt uh, good all 12 rounds. I was breathing well. And I keep my health for for the next step, and uh, and now I'm excited to have another fight. I didn't damage my body too much with last fight. I have uh, strength to to fight again. And last week uh, there was a big fight that I'm sure you were watching. Uh, whereabouts did you? Watch the fight, Dimitri. Of course, I watched. Of course, I watched uh, the fight, and uh, I wasn't surprised too much, to be honest. And uh, better be was good, uh, as I expected him. Uh, he will be with uh, Smith, and uh, I didn't see something new. Uh, he was powerful like he was before, and he did his job well. So you, you say you weren't surprised. Did you believe that he would win the fight inside the distance? Did it go how you thought it would go? I thought he will win. I didn't. Uh, I didn't 
I didn't have any expectation how he will win. I just uh, felt like he should win and he won like he won and uh, I wasn't surprised. Um, and I wasn't surprised that he was coming too close to Smith easily uh, and he just did his job well. What do you believe, Dimitri, are his biggest strengths as a fighter? What makes him the, the dangerous fighter that he is in this division? Uh, first of all, he's uh, strong. He's very strong. Uh, he's like stone, you know. His punches is very hard, and uh, his body is the hard. Uh, and then he believes in himself a lot. Uh, and uh, he has uh, he has experience, a lot of experience. If you see on his record, yeah, it's not too much fight for pro, but he has a big uh, a lot of experience in amateur. It helps him. And uh, what else? He uses uh, body shot, body shots with the right hand. Uh, it's good body shot. Uh, and he's strong. This is one one of the important things. We know, Dimitri, you're signed to fight for the undisputed fight. When, when I remember speaking to you in Abu Dhabi uh, before you boxed Sergio Ramirez, and you just kept talking about the dream that you had since a child to to reach the top and achieve everything you can in the sport. Why why is this fight for undisputed with Better Be Evan and just the chance to to fulfil your dream so? important to you right now is this how you always saw it in your mind i have a dream and every time when i had a dream i had some imagination but then i realized uh, you have one imagination but dream could come to you a little bit from a different side not from where you are waiting it and the most important that i wanted to fight for four bells and i want i want to win this fight and i want to be understood and uh, about details, I don't have to uh, think too much about it, how it will be, where it will be, against who it will be. Uh, I have to say just thanks God that he's giving me this chance. When you look at the his fight with Callum Smith, there were some conversations about the size of the ring being 18 by 18. It was quite a small ring. What did you make of that? And, and in a fight with yourself and Arta, would you expect or want a bigger ring, or do you not care? Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not thinking about these details. If I be in the good shape, if I have a good training camp, uh, it doesn't matter which ring. Uh, I think about these details, I uh, have to think, uh, maybe my team, maybe nobody. Because if I start thinking about which gloves, which ring, which... Uh, which hotel I should be? It's it's too small details, which is not uh, which could disturb disturb me from the from the main uh, main work, you know. And the main work is the training, sparrings, uh, mentally uh, preparing for the fight. When you look at the record of Arta Esabiev, a hundred percent knockout ratio. I know, Dimitri, you have such a strong mindset and, and your self-belief. How do you believe you can be the man to beat Arta Biev and, and stop him and stop the streak? 
Uh, oh, I, I know everybody for the rules. We all human. We all uh, have uh, weak sides. We have. We all have a good sides. And uh, even even him, we we saw we saw some of or some of the moments which he wasn't good. I just need to create as much moments as I can to not comfortable for him and don't be and I shouldn't let him to create some moments which is not comfortable for me. Uh, that's it. It's it's easy to be honest. Uh, we don't need to think about with too much. Uh, uh, just do your work, and I have to do my work, and I know I could uh, win if I do my work well. And people talk about his his pressure fights and and his relentless pressure. What's your answer in terms of you believe you have the power to keep him off you for twelve rounds in this fight? All uh, right. Yeah, he does a lot of pressure, and sometimes I'm used this uh, pressing on my uh, sparrings. And uh, of course, it, to be honest, it takes uh, a lot of efforts too. It's not easy to pressure all the time. Uh, and of course, it's not easy to move forward too. It just, uh, it's just details which I should uh, talk about with my coach, to be honest, you know, and <laughs> not with you on the public. <laughs> When when you look at your uh, your career, Dimitri, on on paper, um, do you believe this is the hardest test of your career? Do you, do you believe this will be a harder fight than your fight with Canelo Alvarez? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I believe that it's the hardest test. Uh, uh, why? Uh, because he's the He's stronger. I know he's uh, physically stronger than uh, Canelo, and he has uh, he has good technique too. Many people talks about his uh, power, but they forget about his technique because his power too much better than his technique. But he's still good. Uh, has good technique. And he's one Sorry, one of the stronger fight of course for me. And in terms of talks with His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh and Top Rank and Arta Petabiev, have have you heard from them? Are talks already underway for a date and this fight to be made? Uh, I, I, yeah, I know. Uh, I know. We we're talking with uh, uh, Turkey Al Sheikh. He called me. He told me, but I'm not sure that I have to tell you about it. It's not because I told her that I'm ready, I'm ready, and that's it. I don't know is this information I allowed to say public or not. I think uh, his excellency Turki Al Sheikh he should tell the plans. We look forward to to hearing the plans from his excellency. Um, what do you what do you think, though, Dimitri, that he said in a recent interview that the winner of you and Arta will fight. Jai Opatia. He has big dreams. What, what do you make of that? Uh, we will see. We need to fight with Better Be first. Then we will talk about the uh, next fight. And earlier um, this week, Dimitri, we had the press conference for Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Um, 
it's taking place in Saudi in a place that, that you know and love as well. What what do you make of, of that fight and the whole spectacle of, of AJ and Garnet? Uh, I, I think uh, from Ghana it will not be quite easy, easy like against uh, Fury. Not easy. I think uh, now when we saw what what Ngano could do in the ring, even Joshua saw it, and he will take it as much more serious than uh, Fury. I think, and uh, it's interesting fight. Um... When this fight is made and the world of boxing cannot wait to see it, you you and Better Bev, what do you believe you will prove in that ring and and tell the world when you do meet what you believe will happen? You know, I just uh, I love boxing so much. I love uh, in boxing who's thinking a lot, who use their uh, skills. Uh, uh, oh, has a good uh, defense. Uh, I like smart boxing, and I, I want to believe that uh, I'm showing this boxing to the people, and I hope it should uh, it should be better than power or than just speed or I I hope the skills should win, and. Uh, I hope I have enough skills to win this fight. I will, you know, I will put myself, of course, to to do it. It's uh, this fight. It's like for me, uh, if we see, it, uh, I love to watch uh, Sugar Ray Leonard fight. His uh, 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 fight again, Duran. He could lose. He could win. It depends. Uh, how he was in uh, the training camp. First time he lost, second time he won. And uh, it was interesting fight for me, to be honest. I, I love this fight. Fight against uh, Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler is so powerful shot, and she could win. And I hope uh, it's similar. Uh, it's similar fight like with different of styles. Just finally, Dimitri, I would like to say your English is fantastic. Have you been? Have you been watching Friends? Still, you still watching Friends? No, yeah, to to Ghana's no. <laughs> I'm just talking and I'm just watching some uh, news, some uh, some video on Instagram on English. <laughs> it will help me. It's help. It's helping me. Dimitri Bivol, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your lunch. Yes, in London, and I'll thanks. see you soon. Have a good day. You too, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, bye. Well, this is a pleasure, the reigning UFC interim heavyweight champion, Tom Aspinall. Tom, first of all, thank you so much for uh, for just sparing 10 minutes for us. And my first question is a simple one. How are you? How's life? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, life's good. Life, it, it doesn't stop, does it? It doesn't stop. Um, I'm busy, busy as hell. I've got lo- loads of stuff on. I'm training twice a day. I've got uh, three children. It's, it's non-stop, mate, but uh, I like it that way. I've got to ask you, Tom. Uh, when you had the the moment at Madison Square Garden, of all the places to have it, I, I wonder how it was for you because obviously you were there with, with very much business on the mind. But when you're walking through the corridors backstage, we had the the Casey Taylor fight there in May 2022. 
it just feels special, doesn't it? Just being in, in that arena. How did, would you describe your experience of, of just being in MSG, knowing all the greats in, in all walks of entertainment have walked there before you? Uh, at the time, I try and block that kind of stuff out because you can kind of, I know for me personally, I know everyone's different, but I can build it up to be something that it's not. So now that it's over, I can appreciate it definitely. But at the time, I was just like, just another fight, just treat it like that. It's just another opponent, another fight. And I was just trying to treat it like that as opposed to build it up to be in this massive thing. I'm sure when I retire and I look back, that will be uh, incredible. Like, yeah, what an achievement that was. But for right now, it's just like business, that's a box ticked and uh, on to the next one. In boxing, we, we often say when you have a crowning moment like that and you have a, a career-defining moment in a lot of ways that boxers tend to say that when they become world champion, it's almost like the, the world stops and time stands still. Can, can you recall what was going through your mind when, when the fight was over in the fashion that it was over at that time? I mean, obviously, it's a dream of mine to be the world heavyweight champion and rank number one in the world. That is, that's massive. But... Under the circumstances, it was under me me taking the fight on two weeks' notice. Me not knowing that I could go to America until the day before I left because I didn't have a visa. Um, me injuring my back. Me having no training camp at all, basically zero. Like, I literally trained about three or four times for that fight. Um, me fighting a guy who was steamrolling everyone and knocking him out in the first round. Like, they were all massive factors, obviously. The world title and the the fashion that I won it in is one thing, but to take all that other all the other stuff into consideration as well. Like it was just overwhelming, mate. And it's just one of them. I just I was just overwhelmed in the moment and obviously relief. Re- I think relief is the biggest the biggest emotion that I felt is just like pure relief that I, I managed to get through it. And in terms of what it's done for your mindset for pushing on Neil, um how would you describe what the impact it's had on your ambition now you're here? What's next in, in your eyes in terms of the level you, you believe you can still get to next? Well, I think what's next for me is I've got to, I've got to win the undisputed belt. MMA, the UFC in particular, is different to boxing in the respect that it's really rare that we have two champions of one weight. Like That doesn't really exist. And right now, that's what's happening at heavyweight. So uh, I'm against that personally. I, don't, I think there should be one guy um, in each division who's the best. I don't believe in... Like boxing, five, six, seven guys who are world champions. Like to me, that's not a real world champion if you've got six guys at a world title level. Like that's it fragments what a world champion is, and I don't like that. Like I believe that I'm the best in the world right now, and uh, I want to prove it. So I want to, I want to win the undisputed title. Is what I want to do next and unify the division. And in terms of, of that, I think I saw maybe something on Twitter uh, from yourself the other day. Talks of a potential fight with Stipe Miocic, and, but John Jones, why, why is he the man that you want, do you think? Uh, because he's got the belt. He's got the belt. I've got the belt. Um, there should be one. There should be one guy, one belt, and uh, I want that to be me. Simple as that. It's, it's not complicated. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's not, there's a lot of people complicated it, talking about resumes, and, and but there should be one guy, in my opinion, in, in each division, who's the man, who's, who's the best. And uh, I believe it's me. So I, I find it quite uncomfortable that there's two of us. There should be, there should be one. And uh, I think it's me. And I guess when you look at where that fight could land, I know sometimes they talk about you know, that the big money fights are in America, but surely for you, the, the dream one day has got to be to, to bring a big fight back to Manchester as well soon. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, not necessarily in, in the UFC. 
it's so global now like it's all over the world you can make money anywhere um if you're a pay-per-view star like you're making money doesn't matter other country but yeah i think john jones only had one fight heavyweight so it's, it's pretty difficult to like gauge where he's at um and i think that i'm a nightmare for him to be honest i think that stylistically i'm all wrong for him and i think that he knows it i'm pretty sure he knows it and he's a smart man yeah, we'll see how it all pans out. But I'm not going to cry about it anymore. I, I want the fight. I put it out there, and uh, I'm not going to chase it forever if he doesn't want it. If it's not to be that fight next, what's next for you, then, Tom? What what other names interest you? I think I actually saw an article a couple of days ago. It might have been Michael Bisping who was even talking about Brock Lesnar. I mean, what what is, uh, he said? He, I think he said that would still be a big draw. What what's your verdict on on what you see being next for you? Well, that would be a lot of fun. Do you know what I mean? That that's all that would be in it for me is fun and money, basically. Uh, like that that would be fun. I'd, I'd definitely be up for that if it was presented, but that's highly unlikely as well. Um, I think while John Jones is injured, uh, I think the best fight for me is I got one loss in the UFC and the loss was with an injury. I would like to avenge that in the UK. Like that's what I think. Sense of like that, that, that's that's the like sensible move next. If John Jones doesn't want to fight me. Uh, I'm not going to wait around forever. So for me, I've got one loss and I want to try and get that one back. Great stuff. Looking forward to, to hearing news soon, Tom, on your UFC journey. I do want to ask you about something that's also been in the news, which I'm sure you've seen. Um, we had the launch press conference for Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. What is your take, firstly, on AJV Ngannou? What, what do you think of that as, as a fan? I'm very excited for it. I think it's a great fight. Um, if you would have asked me that six months ago or a year ago, I would have been like, what is this? What is this freak show stuff, gimmick stuff going on? But right now, I'm especially, well, obviously after Francis's last fight, he shocks everybody. Like, uh, And I'm a friend of Tyson Fury's. I'm a, I'm a former training partner of Tyson Fury's. And I couldn't believe what I was watching seeing it and seeing Francis Ngannou live with him in there. And I think, like, I don't know as much about boxing scoring as I know about MMA, but for me, that fight could have could have gone either way, really. And, yeah, I can't wait for the fight. I think it's it's a 50-50 fight. I think I watched uh, AJ's last fight. I think he looked great. I think he looked like he's improved loads. His confidence has come on loads. I know he's working with a new trainer as well. So uh, maybe that makes a difference. And, yeah, I can't wait for that fight. I think it's 50-50. You did. Uh, you stepped into a professional boxing ring, haven't you? Previously, and I have. I, I think you've won. I don't think it. Lost. I think you won in a round, didn't you? But what, what did you enjoy about that experience? And I guess Tom, when you look at what's happening at the minute, is that not out of the realms of possibility for you to one day return to a boxing ring? Yeah, I absolutely love the sport of boxing. I, I absolutely love boxing. I'm a boxing fan. Um, the thing that I don't like so much is the fact that. Uh, I don't like the whole journeyman thing. I don't like the fact that people have to fight journeyman, and I've been open about saying it. I don't, I don't agree with that. But yeah, I think before my career is over, it's definitely something that I'd like to do. But right now, I've got a lot of big fights ahead of me in the UFC, so I'm not kind of looking past that. It's not, as you said, it's not out there. Out there else uh, possibility before my career is over. I've only just turned thirty, so I've got a long time left in in combat sports. But for right now, my focus is uh, yeah, with the UFC. And you sparred Tyson Fury. Yes. What do you remember from them? How, how how different is it? How hard was it? How good is Tyson? Well, when I sparred him, I was very young and very experienced. This was like quite a long time ago now. Uh, I sparred him a lot of times. Um, I, I think Tyson's absolutely incredible. Like, I think he's amazing. And the sport of MMA and boxing are way different. Like, I always compare it to, like, rugby and American football. Like, it, it looks similar, but there's a, there's a lot of nuances that are different in there. 
Um, you know, boxing is a part of, like, punching is definitely a part of, of my sport, like of MMA, but uh, it's a small part, realistically. There's so much more to it, and for MMA fighters just to jump over and think they can do well in boxing, uh, they need to go and do some high-level sparring, to be honest, because they're going to realise pretty quick that it, it takes a lot more than just being able to jump in a boxing ring and hang with, with professional boxers. Like, it's way different. Do you think uh, Do you think he'll beat Usyk? And become undisputed. It's your dream. It's his dream. How do you see that one going? I think Usyk's very good. I think he's very good, and I think I, I, I'm pretty sure Tyson had an off night away fought in Ghana. I think you know he didn't look himself to me. Um, I think that if Tyson uses his size and uses his strength, and because Tyson can box just as well as Usyk can, so uh, generally speaking, when guys are similar level skill wise it comes down to the to the bigger and stronger guy generally speaking so i think if tyson uses his weight properly uses um uses it his endurance and his his uh, experience i'm sure tyson can pull it off yeah do you think fury's fight with nganu has helped aj because i think in some ways nganu's maybe lost the element of surprise now uh i think so but i also think that AJ's going to know what he's coming up against now. I think that if, if they would have fought before, I'm pretty sure AJ would have thought he would have breezed it. Whereas now it's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. I've got to be on my... Uh, I mean, Ngannou is an absolute specimen. He's a freak of nature. Huge, he's built. Man. Huge, man. Yeah. Believe, could not believe the size of him, Tom. He's <laughs> a big guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'5". I'm like 120 kilos. But this guy, I've met him a few times in real life and he, he is a big, big dude. Um and from what I'm hearing, he is strong as hell. He's an absolute specimen. So, um, yeah, it, I think that AJ needs to be ready and taking it as serious as he as he would any other fight because this guy is a serious opponent. We're going to do a little bit of role play here. You ready? Right. I am Team AJ. Okay. Phone's ringing. Hi, Tom. How are you? Um, quick question. Fancy coming down and, and sparring Anthony Joshua for the Francis Ngannou fight? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I would. Yep. If he needs help. Give me a call. Let me know. I'll be there. How? Uh, what, what do you think about like the, the when the UFC fighters do cross over? In, and in terms of sparring, what do you believe about your style would would suit him sparring and, and trading for Ngannou? The thing, from my experience at least, I found that boxers are used to fighting boxers, so they know the patterns of a boxer, they know the movement of a boxer, the the thought process of a boxer, but. Whereas in MMA, we, we're doing different stuff than, than a standard boxer would. We're throwing different shots from different angles. And that's something that uh, an MMA fighter, at least, I'm not saying it has to be me, but I'm saying that an MMA fighter could definitely help out um, AJ with his with his sparring. Is If you get standard boxers in who have been boxing since they're 10 years old, they're going to they're gonna move it and have the same pro thought process as every other boxer, whereas... MMA fighters, our patterns are a little bit different. Movements are a little bit jerkier, and and the way we defend and and all that kind of stuff is different to a to a boxer. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell AJ and his team what to do, but it would be definitely recommended to get a decent level MMA fighter in as a sparring partner. Just finally, Tom, um, I'm going to try and push you off the fence for this one. In terms of the build-up content we've got, it's become a bit MMA versus boxing and, and the MMA side are obviously Team Ngannou and they're, they're cheering his corner of why they believe he can win this fight. Are you backing the MMA, man? Who, who do you want to win this fight? I mean, I would love, I'd love Ngannou to win it just because of his story. Not so, much, not so much that he's an MMA fighter as such, but just the fact that, you know, the, the stuff that he's been through in his life, the 
the fact that he held out from the UFC and then went and got loads of money boxing. I just think it's, I just find it really inspiring, to be honest. Like, I'm such a fan. I'm a fan of both guys, you know what I mean? And especially AJ being a UK guy, obviously, I'd sway towards AJ, but uh, you can't help but be a fan of, of Engano, in my opinion. And he just seems like the ultimate underdog in life. And I'm always like pulling for the underdog. So I would be happy if he, if he got a win. Great stuff. He certainly has a special story. And I know for a fact your story. Tom Aspinall is only just getting started. So much to look forward to. We can't wait to watch your journey carry on. Thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed uh, chatting you today, mate. And we hope you have big news soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Well, I must admit, I was bored over Christmas and I just wanted to come back to work. Is that strange or is that a good sign? Bit of both. But positive looking from the outside in. Yeah, well, my mum and dad will be listening. They're probably my biggest fans on this podcast. So Hi, Jamie's dad. I don't mean that in a bad way, mum and dad, but I just missed it. I missed the excitement of fight weeks. I missed the buzz. And I was quite jealous of you being out in Quebec. How was that? Cold. Very cold, mate. I've been to Lapland as a kid, and I think that topped it in terms of just, mate, honestly. I was laid up. I've done a little shop in Brentwood uh, the day before I left. I had a load up of thermals. And I needed them, mate. It was so cold, honestly. You'd done a little shop. Did you Did you pay for it, the coats? No, I had a coat, mate. It was oh. underlays and thermal. Right, but you didn't rob the shop in Britain. No, no, definitely right. not. Oh, I just right, want to put okay. that out there. m right. I've still got the receipt, so um, <laughs> put that in. But I needed it. It was um, minus 28 on the Friday, day before the fight. And like three foot of snow, as you probably saw with Andy Scott rolling around, doing little uh, I snow love, angels. I, shout out Andy Scott. I absolutely loved that. Yeah, yeah, it was good to catch up with him, to be fair. It's been a while. The David Brent sort of style report from was he in a hot tub or yes oh uh, yeah yeah like an outdoor pool yeah, surrounded by the snow and i must say look i got it horribly wrong i said Callum smith by a knockout um it was a big ask i think everyone knew that i just felt with the age the injuries the fact he's been dropped once or twice i felt it might have been Callum's time but it wasn't to be i think not that we needed reminding arter better be is a scary man very a, scary a man. beast when the um sort of news broke about the size of the ring it was a bit like oh that extra couple of feet was quite evident. And speaking to Callum afterwards, he was like, I had to rest on the ropes a little bit longer than I wanted to because there wasn't the space simply. I was talking to, uh, at the Joshua Ngannou launch presser, which we'll talk about, I was talking to Ade Oladipo and, and Andy Clark, and we were talking about the fight and he referenced, you know, when Matt Macklin boxed Golovkin. It was sort of shades of that. When, you, when you're in the ring with a guy who looks to be in first gear, and deep down in your mind, you know you're in fifth gear mm. and you're already starting to breathe. Mm. It must just be so demoralising. And I think there were shades of that in, in Smith Better Beer. I think one thing coming away from it, Callum mentioned in one or two of his interviews afterwards, was just the way Peterbiev was just tapping him, just tapping him. Wasn't going for it, just almost mentally wearing him down as well. Similar to what Golovkin used to do. And like you say there, the strike can come at any minute and it did. It's actually quite interesting when you look at the first knockdown. It was almost as if he was drawing Callum in a little bit and playing possum. And, you know, 20 knockouts speaks volumes. And Callum's our friend, obviously, and it, it was sad to see him losing that way. And it was quite an emotional interview. Uh, not sure what, what he'll do next. We wish him all the best, whatever he does decide to do, whether that is carry on. There's certainly fights out there for him, great fights. You know, you look at the likes of Joshua Boazzi or, or Anthony Yard, you know, they'd be brilliant, wouldn't they? High-level domestic fights. But on the flip side of that, from a boxing fan perspective, Dimitri Bivol against Arta Better Beer. There's got to be top three fights to make in boxing, right? For sure. A real clash of styles. Obviously, the background, the unbeaten streak. Very interesting in this. And it looks like it's going to happen as well. What a fight that is. I think the big question is, Bivol, we know how skillful Bivol is, but does he have 
the pop, the power to just gain enough respect off Better Beer to stop him just walking him down for 12 rounds. People spoke about the power of Gilberto Ramirez and look how easily he dealt with him. So I think yeah. Bivold can adapt in a fight and and, in, and you know in a live scenario. It's going to be one of them ones. We can talk about it to, to death, but we're not going to know until it happens. And that's why you want the best fight and the best in the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Can't wait. Can't wait for that fight and, and hope, as everyone does, I think that there, there's news on that one very soon. When we talk about recent news that was you know the Joshua Ngannou press conference it was quite surreal I sort of felt like I was at a school reunion in a weird sort of way because there's everyone in boxing that we've known throughout the last few years at Sky there was there was presence from Sky Sports there and Frank Warren and you know I met Dev Sarney shout out Dev Sarney never met Dev it was like hands across the water but it was a room full of everyone that you're familiar with journalists and reporters and broadcasters it was quite surreal, wasn't it? Well, you're probably more used to it because you've been at the day reckoning. I wasn't there. For me, it was quite, it was quite surreal. Yeah, I can see why you, why you're saying that, and I guess that's one of the beauty of working in this sort of scenario that Turkey Al Sheikh is bringing together other promoters. And how long have we spoke about before? You know, the best should fight the best. Promoters should work together more. This fella is making it happen. Mm. He's not talking about it. It's happening. So yeah, like you said, um, great to mingle with them all. And another really intriguing fight. Coming up in uh, in March. Well, I thought Ade did a brilliant job. Check out the interview on, on Design's YouTube if you haven't. Really good insight into his ethos, Turkey Al Sheikh, and you know what his aims are for the sport. And I think you know people listening to that might have changed their opinion on him slightly. And I think when when you look at the sport of boxing, this is what people have wanted for so long. Yeah, so don't moan we, about it when it's when it's finally here. We've got to enjoy it. It's special. It, it's a bit surreal. I keep using that word surreal. I can't really believe what's happening. You know, when I saw, that's the first time I've ever met Frank Warren and seen him in person. Just bizarre. When you think about it from like 12 months ago, what the position... And we haven't even spoke about the fact that's an undisputed heavyweight title fight in less than a month. I know. And we've been talking about the, the 5v5. That was formally announced uh, Thursday of this week. I mean, I think we're all, everyone in the office is buzzing for this. Mate, this morning we come in, <laughs> let's be honest, the office was, there was, a, there was something in the air. It was like we've sort of galvanised them yeah. all together. We want to we want to win as I much as I do not want to lose to them, and we don't even know what the fights are yet. But no. it's like we want to beat Queensbury and, and Frank Warren. Everyone, everyone is right up for it. I mean, we're we're involved as much as we can be. We're not in the ring, but well, you well, say that. I saw a little tweet last night saying um, Jamie Ward versus Dev Sarney. If well, Dev's priced himself out. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Dev could do it on a on a warm night. In Riyadh. I'm not sure he fancies it. No, shout out, Dev. We, we were chatting. I, th I think we can have a lot of fun in the build-up to this one. I think we, we've been talking about... We've got some great ideas already. Yeah, let's keep them close to our chest. Shall we, now. yeah? Not yeah. give too much yeah. away. Yeah. But I don't, well, don't want to lose. Do not want to lose. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's obviously going to... It was announced in, uh, in the press release that more details are coming in Joshua and Garnu fight week. So that's something to look forward to. And, you know, as it stands... As two employees of Matram, we don't actually know who's going to be going in no or anything. Idea. So when we look at our schedule, Scott... First UK show of 2024, Lewis Crocker versus Jose Felix. You'll remember Jose Felix came over to Dublin and, and spoiled the party when he when he took Gary Cully out in explosive fashion. And I think he'll really fancy this fight. Up at welterweight, be interested to see how he carries the, the weight, uh, moving up to 147. But Crocker impressed against Tyrone McKenna and I think got the bit between his teeth to make a bit of a statement there. Yeah, you were you used the word explosive there, and by all accounts, Crocker's looked explosive in the gym. So real clash of styles. Like you say, Felix coming in, head held high after that big knockout, and we'll be looking to do the same. But, you know, I fully expect Lewis to come through and do a job. And then, look, 
by fighting this early in the year, he could probably get another three fights in. This time next year, you're on the cusp of potentially a world title fight. So really interested in that main event and chief support. We just overheard Chev Clark going through some media calls downstairs. You know, he wants to do a number on Tommy McCarthy and move one step closer to that British title. So yeah, good little card. But we are away for a few weeks now, back to back three shows on the spin to look forward to now. Am I right in that? Yeah, Feb 10. Feb 10. It's more at home, isn't it? So it's not Feb, really away. Feb 3. It's not really away. Well, we're still back to London. It's still free show. Right, what about what about for our fans in Yorkshire? <laughs> oh, you so said it, it you said we're away. Well, well oh, I suppose. <laughs> All right. All right, sorry, guys. I know right. what you mean. You know what I meant. Uh, obviously, in Belfast next week. And Scott, I want to give you a chance. We you would have seen on social media the Matram Awards we advertised. Uh, the first. It's been in the works for a little while, wasn't it? We um, spoke about it for a number of years, and we finally finally done it. So yeah, fan fan engagement awards. You guys voted. The results are in. The actual awards are currently being made. And we will be announcing who won those uh, in the next two weeks. Any clues? Nope. Sorry. Can I give my pick? Because I actually don't know who won. Go on. Knockout of the year. It was... Uh, I, I remember a few of the options. Sugar Nunes, Dalton Smith, Diego Pacheco, Jai Pataya, AJ, and Lee Wood, maybe. Um, oh, I'm going to say... Look, in terms of a one-punch knockout, it's got to be between Opataya... And AJ, I think. Sugar Nunes. Sugar Nunes was, was good. Yeah, that was good as that well. That was my vote. But I'm going like magnitude of the fight. I'm going to say Joshua Hellenius. All will be revealed soon, my friend. Fighter of the year, Leeward. All will be revealed <laughs> soon, my friend. <laughs> anyway, I can't be too biased anyway. But um, yeah, look forward to being back in Belfast next week. And as I said at the start, um, I've missed it. Well, joining us for today's quiz element of the show, Commonwealth European lightweight champion, Rhiannon Dixon. Rhiannon, we're just about getting to the point. What are we now? 18th of January, is it? I can't see. 18th of January. We, we can't really be saying Happy New Year anymore, are we? But did you have a nice break? And uh, and how are you? Yeah, well, we've been um, training over Christmas and New Year. Anthony is um, a bit... I think I think the power's gone to his head now. Now that we're European and Commonwealth champion, he won't let me have a rest. So no, boy, it's been really good. I'm really excited for 2024. You've been in the news uh, a fair bit recently. Obviously, after the the second fight with Katie and Chantel, we weren't completely sure what was going to happen with the belts, whether she was going to go back down to lightweight or or stay at 140. But good news for yourself. What can you tell us about any early conversations? We know you're in the frame to potentially fight Caroline Dubois as well. There's been a lot of stuff going around on Twitter and Instagram. Like, I'm not really into them, social media. I'm more into TikTok. Um, but no, there was um, talks about fighting for the IBF. I think we both got made mandatory for that. And then also for the WBO. I think we are going down the WBO route. And I think that's set to be sometime soon in the next upcoming months. And then, but it's really exciting at the moment because like, obviously Kay's in these big super fights and it's now left the division kind of like wide open for all us that are up and coming to like fight for these belts now and then to have our supervisor later on down the line. And I think when you look at your story and your career, you know, it's well documented, you know, throughout the pandemic, you were on the front line as a pharmacist working in hospitals and now you find yourself on the cusp of a world title shot. Do you feel ready as it all happened a bit sooner maybe than you'd expected though? Yeah, I mean, I think everything's kind of happened a bit sooner than we thought because, um, you know, I can't thank you a lot, Matt um, enough for the opportunities that you've given me, like fighting for the Commonwealth and then we jumped straight for the European and I think we were thinking, oh, you know, we'll defend it and then 
see what, what happens later on down the line. But then this opportunity for the WBOs come about and it's like, oh, well, you know, we can't say no to it. We've got to grab it and I'll make, I'll make myself ready. Like I've made myself ready for fighting for the Commonwealth and European. I know I'll be ready for fighting for the WBO and yeah. I think what's quite heartwarming about you, Rhiannon, is your character in post-fight interviews. So I know when you won the Commonwealth title, I think you surprised yourself in some way. You <laughs> quite believe it when when you landed that body shot, true Anthony Crawler style to, to win that belt. And then when you beat Thanos as well to win the European title, what, what's it done for you mentally and just solidifying the fact in your mind that, that this is for you and you certainly belong at this level? Yeah, I think with each fight, I'm growing in confidence. And I think you can see that like every fight I'm bringing something new and it's what we've been working on in the gym and I'm executing it out actually on fight night. So when it comes to fight night, like my coach is dominant. Like they say to me, you know, like when I'm in training, I'm thinking, oh my, like, is this like, how am I going to perform on night? And they're like, you, you train it so hard now when it comes to fight night, you'll find it so easy. And I think in the first round, um, and turned around to me and went, so how'd you feel about it? I went, oh God, it wasn't that bad, was it? And he went, no, so just keep on doing it. So um, yeah, I feel like when it comes to fight night, it's kind of like a celebration now where it's like all that hard work that we've put in, in the gym, it's, it's being shown and I, I am showing that I am deserving of the positions that I'm in. And it's like, I'm not like this brash person that goes out like calling out people saying like, I want this fight, I want that fight. Because I know that like I've got a lot of learning to do, um, but I'm just really enjoying the fights that I'm having and the progression that I'm making. And yeah, when it comes to fighting for this world title, I know I'll be ready. Do you believe then if, if you're both to pick up a world title, yourself and Caroline Dubois, big unification fight, all British clash, is that a fight you believe is only a matter of time before we potentially see? Yeah, definitely. I believe it's the... Um... She's fighting for. She's been made. Has Beatrice been made mandatory now for? I think they're going to fight. Yeah, isn't it? ordered next. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting fight. And then later on down the line, like whoever wins in that, it'll be a good unification fight, and I think it'll bring more people like to watch the fight. Like it'll build the fight up more. Do you know what I mean? We're certainly in a great position. Well, here we go, Rhiannon. This is uh, the charity quiz. Now, I, I said to you in the intro, just before we went live, that. It's not necessarily about boxing, but perhaps about someone in boxing. So I'm going to have to uh, my trusty companion here, producer Scott, to give you a, a little bit of an insight into what you're walking into here. Yeah, and good luck first and foremost. Welcome to Coach Trip. So we have 10 questions here about Anthony Crawler. It's multiple choice. You basically got to get as many as you can to get on that leaderboard. If you end up in the, the top three at the end of the series, you're in line for a charity payout. So if you are ready, we'll crack on with question number one. I will just say, don't panic. It's not like, what day did Anthony Crawler win his world title? It's more questions about him and his personal life. He's a bit, yeah. of, he's a bit of a stitch up, so you've been warned. So I think, you, I think you'll do better than you, than you think. Okay, question number one. Who is Anthony's favourite fighter? Is it A, Ricky Hatton, B, Sugar Ray Leonard, or C, Mike Tyson? Um, let's go Ricky Hatton, maybe it's a Manchester loyalty. Final answer? Yeah. Wrong, I'm afraid. It's not. But it's Sugar Ray Leonard. Well, he's disloyal. <laughs> Kick him out of Manchester. <laughs> Question number two. What's Anthony's favourite fight? A, Ricky Hatton versus Costa Zoo. Is it B, Diego Corrales versus Jose Castillo? 
Or is it C, Sugar Ray Leonard first Marvin Hagler? Where's Dixon Thanders on this list? <laughs> exactly. I will not get mentioned at all. I'll go, because he said his favourite fight is Sugar Ray, I'll go Sugar Ray Leonard. Good guess. Ben Hagler. You got it. Oh! You won the off and running. Okay, question number three. Excluding boxing, who is Anthony's sporting hero? Is it A, Brian Robson, B, Eric Cantona, or C, Ryan Giggs? So all three former United players there. Oh, I thought only one of them played for United. <laughs> which, which one Which one did you think? I only know Ryan Giggs. <laughs> Ryan Giggs is Eric, Eric Cantona's fuming listening to this. And he will Playing. be now. He is Eric Cantona. <laughs> Wrong, I'm afraid. <laughs> Question number four. What is Anthony's favourite song? Is it A, Walking in Memphis? B, oh, it looks like you know that already. Yeah, he does play that a lot in the gym. Okay. Is it B, Supersonic? Or is it C, Fool's Gold? I'm going to say Walking in Memphis. And if it's not, then he doesn't play any of them other songs in the gym. So he's a liar. You got it right. Does he does he, uh, does he walk around singing that, does he? Yeah. I, honestly, I think he thinks he's a really good singer and he's really not. <laughs> I can just imagine him like running his fingers for He's in Rose hair and he's looking in the mirror. Fringe. Question number five. What's Anthony's favourite holiday destination? Is it A, Tenerife, B, Thailand, or C, Turkey? Oh, I'll go Thailand because I know he's been to Thailand. I don't know if he's... You know, he's stacked them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for a long time. Yeah, so I'll go Thailand. Got it right? Correct? Yes. Wait, how, lo how long was he stacked them? I swear it might have been 21 days. I might be lying. <laughs> I swear it was a really long time. I bet Mrs. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. What's Anthony's favourite takeaway? Is it A, Thai, B, Indian, or oh. C, Chinese? He always goes on about this little tiny hole in the wall and he said he likes that. So, oh yeah, maybe Thai food. Yeah, you got it, Spawn. Oh. Yeah, we've got three in, three in a row here, four in a row. What is it? A tie on the wall, like a little pop-up takeaway? That sounds a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> <laughs> the way I'm saying it, it sounds really dodgy, but no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Question number seven. We better move on. Where does Anthony do his food shopping? Is it A, Asda, B, Waitrose, or C, M&S? He does, I, I guarantee he doesn't do his food shopping at all. I think Fran does it all. Well, oh, I'll... Okay. But okay, for the for the purpose of maybe what Anthony's lying, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think, I think he'll pretend to be bougie with m You got it right? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah on a roll. <laughs> Questions to go. Question number eight. What's Anthony's shoe size? Okay, you know this one already? We've got the same size shoes, he's a seven. Okay, well, let's have a look. He said A7. Is it B7 and a half? Or is oh. it B8? He's a size seven. If he lies about it, he he's seven and a half. He's a liar. He ducked a point from him. He's, he's lied, isn't he? He's added on a half. I'm going to double check it because he sent me the answers Ring. last night. I'm pretty shrinking. <laughs> Go on, get him up. Oh. He stole my shoes of Warren for James fight, and there are seven. He's wrote, I can confirm. What time was that, Sam? That was last night at, at seven about, minutes to eight. About ten to eight last night. I'm gonna ring him. I'm gonna ring him after this, and I'm just gonna yes. say stop lying to everyone. Seven point five. He's a liar. Unfortunately, we have to take Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Take his answer, Paul. You have to call him out on that one in the gym. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> might, we might VAR review that one. 
Two questions to go. When is Anthony's birthday? Is it the 14th of November? B, the 15th of November? Or C, the 16th of November? 16th. Don't look confident. No, because I'm trying to remember. Final answer? Trust you, yeah. Trust you, Just girl. Forgot. You got it right? 16th of November? Bay doesn't know mine, though. We've got one question left. What is Anthony's pet hate of you? Is it A, Rhiannon's timekeeping? Is it B, Rhiannon's food choices? Or is it C, Rhiannon's reluctance to switch hit? So we've got time, <laughs> food choices, or switch hit? Um, I think it'll be my food choices because he says I have the like palate of a child. <laughs> what, what, what is your favorite food? Um, just like, because I like, we, we went for this meal and I was like, oh yeah, chicken nuggets and chips, pizza, like picky bits like that. He's a fraud. He had, he had fish at um, Christmas dinner. Who doesn't have turkey and he had fish. What, was, what has happened to Anthony post-boxing? Oh, I don't know. I think he's having a psychotic episode. Throwing all his hair out, going to tie holes in the walls, lying about his shoe size and having fish with his Christmas dinner. Yeah, exactly. Need an intervention. Well, I'm delighted to say you got that one right as well. Congratulations. You scored seven, which was really good. I think I might be able to top score so far. Really? Yeah, yeah. You should be uh, You should be pleased with and it. And to be fair, it should be eight, you know. It should be eight. You've been done a little bit. Maybe, maybe you're lying. I'm not. We, <laughs> he's borrowed my shoes and I'm a seven. <laughs> yeah, listen, Rhiannon, we will um, update you in due course at the end of this series of the leaderboard. Uh, but the top three will be in line for a charity payout of your choice. So uh, it's all for a good cause, all a bit of fun as well. Have a serious word with, with Crawler when you see him about yeah. because his reputation as, as one of the nation's sweethearts has just gone through the floor after this quiz. I'm going to expose him. It's my uh, it's my job in 2024 to expose who he really is. Brandon, always a pleasure to catch up. Look forward to catching you soon, I'm sure, at shows and, and here with Fight News as well very soon for yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Bye. Well, coming up this week on Dealing With Defeat is my good friend, Mr. Jordan Thompson. Jordan, first of all, we are in Eddie's office, the old family living room. How the other half live, eh? Crazy. I'm I'm just taken back by the chandeliers right now. Jordan, on this section of the podcast, we, we talk to fighters who have experienced a setback in their journey, whether... That was in the amateurs, in the Olympics, in a professional fight. For yourself, that came 16 weeks ago, world title opportunity. Yeah. My, my first question is, when you had the call to, to fight Jai Pattaya, when you look back on it now, why is it something that you, you don't necessarily regret? Uh, it's something that I don't regret because, honestly speaking, there was, looking from a business side of things, there was, there was limited options moving forward. For me, I was at a position in my career, even after the Luke Watkins fight, it was, I'm done with cruiserweight. I need to move up. Um, don't want to do it anymore. But then when you get a phone call talking about a world title opportunity, listen, <laughs> you can't turn down opportunities like that. And I hit very hard. I'm always in with a puncher's chance, no matter how I'm feeling. Um, and again, if there was ever a good time to get someone like Jaya Pattaya in my head, I thought, you know what? It's probably a good time to get him. He ain't really fought. Just come off a jaw operation, been inactive. So I thought, if, if we're going to get him, we're going to get him now. Listen, man, you've got to take chances in life. I've always wanted to know how good I can be. 
how are you going to find out how good you can be if you don't test yourself? Could have gone in there against several other people, blown them away, want to learn anything about myself. One thing I can definitely say, yeah, it's a little bit cliche, but I've learned more about myself from those four rounds, from the build up, those four rounds in the fight, after the fight, dealing with the emotions that I've been going through. I've learned more about myself from that than, than all the previous 15 fights put together. So when you were walking to the ring, I remember you looked so relaxed. Mm. And I remember on the commentary, I think Mark Costello might have even referenced it. That, mm. And I think Eddie has spoke about it before. It was like, hang on, like, this looks like a man who, who truly believes he's going to win this fight. And, and you did. It's weird how how it happens in boxing because everyone had an idea of a Pattaya after the Breedis fight, right? Yep. But now he's like, people talking about him like a superstar. And I think in some ways, the fight with you was almost for him. Well, it was, it really cemented that, wasn't it? A little bit. For sure, for sure. It was, I think for him, he announced himself on the big stage. It was an opportunity for me to announce myself on the big stage. I came up short. We deal with that. You know, I'm trying to say that's something that I've got to deal with. No, me, I can only speak for myself, but I don't like losing, don't like losing anything. So it was tough to deal with the loss itself. But again, I've got to try and take the positive out of the negative. Cause yeah, it wasn't negative. The reality, reality of it was I got stopped in a, in a world title fight. It's not a nice thing. So again, I've got to look, try and take the positives from that, which yeah, it was tough, especially initially, like straight after the fight, that was tough. Cause you're trying to look for the positives and it's pretty fresh on your mind, but I think moving forward, now the, now the dust is settled and stuff, I can take a lot of positives from it. How good is he? He's special. Now he's a special fighter. Again, in terms of him, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect him because, I mean, it, it spoke for itself. I knew he was a special fighter. It was confirmed on September 30th. He's continued to confirm it after. But I also know how special I am. So I think that's the little bone I've got to pick with myself. That is, Obviously, you always, some people always look for someone to blame. And I think initially, straight after the fight, I probably was, I'll be honest. I'm looking, like, who can I blame? Like, oh, this person, that. No, 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 no. Then it comes to a point where you got to look at the man in the mirror and it's like, all right, where did you go wrong? What did, could you have done better? Could you have done better? Without a doubt. Did I underperform on the night? Yeah. What do you think is going to make him hard to beat and what made it hard for you his to impose yourself on the fight? His footwork. Yeah. Special. His footwork is special. That's the one thing if, if I would say I was surprised that I wasn't aware of, his footwork was unbelievable. Punch like, power? Punch power, there, there, he's sharp, he's very sharp. So you're more, it's more you're gonna get hit with punches that you ain't really gonna be prepped for or see coming. Again, being a southpaw, the angles them guys come from uh, a little bit different to the, to the orthodox. So again, man, it was all new. It was all new, I not really fought many southpaws at all, to be fair, I don't know if I fought, I fought one southpaw earlier on in my career. So again, it was all learning for me, man. I'm learning on the job, I'm learning on the job and I'm keen to learn, learning about myself, learning about boxing how everything works and you know I'm trying to say that's just something to add to the experience box. Was it then you know you say about angles but the precision and the timing of the shots that were more the problem rather than necessarily hurtful shots? Yeah yeah without a doubt I think of the way he went about his business the way he operated he's a silky smooth operator man again this is something like this I mentioned before the fight I knew what I was kind of getting into you know I'm trying to say that was I was under no illusion but I'm someone who firmly believes in myself. I'm always going to think I'm going to win a fight. I think I've got the potential and the capability to beat any man out there. I can't even imagine what this is like, but I've been in a dressing room with a fighter after they've lost and it's very surreal. And I think only people who have been in the position that I've been fortunate enough to be in to, to experience that mood, it's, it's a very sad place mm. sometimes. When you sat down in that room and the door shut of the dressing room, can you remember what, what was going through your mind and how you were feeling? Honestly, no. 
honestly, no. I can remember a couple of conversations I had with a couple of people. Um, a couple of people showing up who I really didn't expect to show up. There's a few people there who I probably would have expected to be there. They weren't there. So I think for me, that moment was very revealing. How long did it take you to get to that positive outlook that you have? Of two weeks. Did it? Okay. So how tough were the two weeks? But ridiculously tough. I just took myself away from everything and everyone. It was tough. Tough. Very emotional. I think honestly speaking as well, what was the toughest part of it was when I got back to the flat, then it hit me. Oh, my grandma's not there anymore. That was a tough time going through. Like I had, I'd say the fight kind of distracted me from that because I didn't really process any sort of emotions and that. I didn't really process me losing my grandma. I think the whole fight kind of distracted my whole family from it in all honesty. So life, in it? It's life, what can we do? So, oh, that was tough though. I'll be honest, that was tough. Emotional, tough. So I took myself away. I had to reflect, looked within, looked in the mirror. Because again, man, everyone tries to look outside. It would be so easy to blame this, that, the other. But what do I gain from that? What do I learn from that? Nothing. You have to look within. Because really and truthfully, i got no one to blame but myself. You know what I'm trying to say? I underperformed. Went about things a little bit wrong, maybe. Um, and came up short on the night. It was made clear to me, listen, people don't get world title opportunities every day. So again, yeah, it was a roll of the dice, but it was an educated one. It was an educated one, and it's something that I learned from, something that is going to put me in good stead for running my career, because something I was always short of in my boxing career has been experience. The amount of experience I got from that fight was second to none. Again, inside the ring and outside the ring, so something that I learned from, add to the toolbox, make the most of it moving forward. So if you'd have won, if you'd have beat Jai Patai, you believe you'd have been the belt and moved up regardless? I, I was that, that was something that was in my head with that. That's telling, that's telling isn't it? That's no, no, no. I already I made that clear yeah. to everyone who needed to know. I made that clear. So it, no matter what happens in this fight, I'm either going to relinquish the belts or go up to heavy, no matter what. So that was always going to happen. I was always on the cards. Um, obviously, now they've got the bridge away, the WBA have got a new weight as well. So there's, there's options. The next move for me has to be calculated, it has to be educated, and it will be. Um, but again, man, even just looking back at the, the fight week, like, taking it all in, the experience, the occasion. It was special. You know, I'm trying to say it was a special, special event that was put on for me. It's mad though, because I do watch the fight, but I've watched it back a lot now. Struggled at the start, but now I probably, I probably went through a stage for about a month where I watched it every day, every morning. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, I have to. Why, why that? To get comfortable with it. Yeah, I've got to accept, to accept it, accept it. Yeah. Uh, to accept it, more than anything, to accept it, get comfortable with it, um, take it in, learn from it. You know, I'm trying to say, try and make sense of it. And there's just one of the funniest, the one thing that keeps sticking out in my head is, it's like when I'm going down, I'm in such a rush to get back up. It's like, well, that's you, an experience, isn't it? Well, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. But even that, it's like, what are you getting up for if you ain't going to do anything kind of for you? It's like, if you're going to get up, do something. I tried to make it a little bit of a joke to me, to be fair, even though it was so far from a joke. I think that helped in a little bit. Literally the only thing that was on my mind since that fight was get back in that ring. I think the most frustrating thing has been the injuries. That's been the most frustrating part that I've not just been able to get straight back in there, but maybe that's a blessing. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise because I might not have made the, the best decision to get straight back in there against someone who wouldn't have been educated. It would have been emotional instead of um, strategic. So we'll see, man. Look forward to seeing you back very soon. I know you just had a meeting with Frank Smith, so I'm sure yeah. uh, in the coming weeks, we should have news of that comeback fight at definitely, heavyweight. Definitely. Do you want to ask you a couple of questions on some big fights coming up? Yes. You've, you've sparred Usyk? Yes. You've sparred Fury? hundreds of rounds of favorites. Who wins? In a couple of sentences, who wins and why? Tyson Fury. 
A, because I'm a little bit biased and <laughs> no, I am. And B, I do believe a great, and they are both great fighters. I believe a great big guy will beat a great little guy. Um, it's a tough, and all we've got, we've got the last, if we're going off the last Tyson fight, I don't know though, but them two in the ring, stars make fights. I think Usyk will struggle with Tyson's size, speed of hands, speed of feet. I don't think it's just too much for him to handle, but there's anyone that can handle it on the flip side. It's Alexander Usyk, special, special guy. He won't be phased by anything that's going on. None of the games, he will not be phased at all. So it's a fight I can't wait to watch. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how that all unfolds. My final question to you, Jordan, is for the young fighters who are listening, for the old fighters who are listening, I think the most important thing, you know, it's a cliche in boxing, it's how you come back from a defeat that defines you. Mm. Would you go as far to say it's something that you're grateful for and what would be your message to young fighters of, of already fighters of why it's not something you should let define you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm very grateful for the experience. Grateful for it. <laughs> Without a doubt, that's that's for sure. And I just think that's because I've had to come away from it. And again, you have to take the positive from the negative. You can't let the negative consume you. Because I could have gone one and two ways. And I think the the biggest decision for me was the initial time of when I came back from the fight. And I got back to the, the door. I think there was the bar where all the fighters and the managers and trainers were. And then on the right, I could have gone to my hotel room. And that was the decision. If I'd have gone to my hotel room, I wouldn't have been sat here now. I can honestly say that, but I thought I gotta face it now or I ain't ever gonna face it. So I think that was the toughest initial decision. But listen, man, loss is a part of life. Loss is a part of life and, and it is all about how you come back from a loss. You can't let a loss define you, you can't let it consume you, you gotta learn from it, embrace it, and then just excel from it. You know what I'm trying to say? It's it's all now about the comeback, the get back. Jordan, as always, appreciate your honesty, your humility as well. Troublesome Thompson. Look out the heavyweight division, eh? No doubt about it, man. Big fight's coming. Mate, but man, great to catch up. It. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Appreciate you. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks to our guests, as always. What a lineup this week. Dimitri Bivol, Tom Aspinall, Rhiannon Dixon, and Jordan Thompson. We'll be back next week for our first UK show of 2024. We look forward to seeing you all then. Before we do go... Don't forget to give us a follow or subscribe across your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you in Belfast for Lewis Crocker versus Jose Felix. Uh, uh, uh.